when you really look into what you bring to the table, the skills you have. And I think one of the beliefs I had for a long time was like that I needed to like work really hard in order to deserve a raise. And that mindset is keeping our entire community back because there are people out there who like aren't as qualified, who aren't as skilled in their work and they don't feel like they need to work harder in order to get more money. So I feel like a lot of it is like mindset and really unlearning like this belief that you need a higher education or you need that certificate or you need more time. You are listening to the Say Hola Well podcast, a show dedicated to help destigmatize the idea of wanting more money as a woman of color. More money, more options, not only for you and your family, but also for our community. I am your host, Lucy King, Latina Wealth Coach on a mission to help more mujeres become investors in lunch and online business. Just like you, I used to believe that I could only earn money if I was mentally and physically hard. And after learning about stock market investing and online business, I can tell you that there is a new way for us to create a legacy while living our purpose and not having to work as hard for money. So if you are ready to dive into understanding your money mindset, entrepreneurship, and stock market investing, you are in the right place. Welcome to the show. Hi, Evie. Welcome to the Say Hola Well podcast. How are you? Hi, I am so good. I'm super excited to be here today. Great. We are going to dive into one of the topics that I feel is so much needed in our community. We're going to talk about how to negotiate a five-figure salary today. But before I get there, because I like chisme, I want our community to get to know you. So tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Evie Prete. I am Latina. I'm first gen. I got my degree in mechanical engineering and then had a really fun career and I'm currently in program management and along the way being the first in my family learning a lot of things like how to navigate corporate life and one of those things was knowing how to or learning how to negotiate and very early on just to be completely transparent I did not negotiate I almost felt oh my gosh you want to offer me a job and pay me yes like I literally took the bare minimum I took the first offer without even thinking about what I bring to the table and how I add value. So now I, from trial and error and learning strategies and mindset that have worked for me, I have been able to help other women, other Latinas negotiate their salaries. And it's literally the best feelings in the world to see someone truly learn their self-worth and execute their salary negotiation. And I love that you're doing this because there's such a huge gap among the salary, the earnings that we make. And of course, for Latinas and women of color, it's even wider. So we're going to talk about all of these, but I want to start by asking, asking you because we're a podcast where we love to stigmatizing money and make stories like yours relatable to the audience. So can you tell us how did you grow up and what was your relationship with money? Yeah, I grew up low income and I grew up seeing my parents argue about money all the time and like seeing eviction notices, late rent payments, or just like the stress of not having money. And I think very early on, I learned like talking about money causes problems. 
problems. Talking about money is confrontational. Money is not abundant because if it was, my parents wouldn't be arguing about it every month. These are like some of the stories I started to tell myself at a very young age. And which is why for me, like I did not have a good relationship with money. And I like for a while believed like that I was like not good with money, which is why when I got into the workforce, I felt like I couldn't save money. It was really difficult for me. And I didn't trust myself with money. I really had to work on like revisiting those thoughts and like really being like, does this serve me? Is this true? And like going back and revisiting like those like defining moments in my childhood that made me believe that money is really hard to like come across. So yeah, I didn't grow up with no financial education or anything like that. I was in my mid to late 20s when I started to actually learn about personal finance and financial literacy. So I love what you're doing and all the things you do because it's so in alignment with what our community needs. Yes, absolutely. And thank you, by the way, for sharing your upbringings. Sometimes when we're talking about our childhood experience, it does bring those memories that were like, wow, we had gone so far. And someone who's getting to know you right now, they might walk into your life saying, wow, look at this chingona. She has this success story. But oftentimes people don't see that we come from humble beginnings, just like where they are today. That's where we were yesterday. And so you are a beautiful example of what is possible when you do that inner work, when you start to accept the money. Yes, indeed, is very abundant. And so I just want to thank you for sharing that with all of us because I was like, wow, like I just love hearing these stories. It just helps me see how much alike we are on this journey of generational well building. And in order to get there, one of the things that you teach your clients, that you teach your community is how to negotiate a five figure salary. I just want to ask, why five figures? Why not four? Why not anything less than that? Yeah, I think, oh, this is so good. I push my clients and myself to go for things that feel scary because many times like that five figure increase is actually not that much when you really look into what you bring to the table, the skills you have. And I think one of the beliefs I had for a long time was like that I needed to like work really hard in order to deserve a raise. And that mindset is keeping our entire community back because there are people out there who like aren't as qualified, who aren't as skilled in their work and they don't feel like they need to work harder in order to get more money. So I feel like a lot of it is like mindset and really unlearning like this belief that you need a higher education or you need that certificate or you need more time. And many times like my clients are already qualified and they're already like deserving of it as they are. And so it's like, I'm not against getting higher education. I'm not against getting certifications that align with you, but I want people to recognize that they can negotiate right now. (laughs) And as we acquire more skills and more education and more knowledge that helps the business organization, they should absolutely negotiate when they level up, right? Because they're bringing more to the table. So I hope that I answered your question. That's why I push my clients to go more because I'm like, no, girl, like you already are deserving of five figure. And I know when I say that for the first time on a clarity call with people, they're like, you know, like in their body, they're like, I can't, I'm rejecting it. I can't, I almost can't believe it. And so that's why we really focus on the mindset because it's, and that's why I love what you do because it's very, if you don't focus on your mind and your thoughts, like your money can't be right. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you touch on the idea, which is very common for first gen Latinas that believe that in order to earn more money, you have to have these masters, right? You have to have a PhD. You have to wait until you're certified to do X, Y, and Z. And a lot of it comes from, I'm just going to call it out, capitalism that has oh, sold yeah. on the idea of you are worthy when you have proof that you're knowledgeable enough. And men don't do this, by the way, and they are making six figures. Yeah. And so I just really want to applaud you for mentioning that because as we are recording the podcast, there's a celebration 
celebration of these graduations that are happening. And I always tell people just because you have a better degree doesn't mean that you're going to automatically make more money or that you're going to start building wealth. You have to work on the mindset and the money systems in order to make the money. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you make. What matters is how much money you keep. So thank you so much for that. So if someone that is listening to the podcast right now wants to start moving into the process of really diving into the five-figure salary negotiation, when is the best time to start that? Oh, I love this question. I get so many DMs with people being like, hey, I have a negotiation on Friday. I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And the first thing that I like tell people is you need to work on negotiating well before you actually execute the negotiations. And I say this because not only does it require preparation and salary and compensation research, but it also requires really unlearning the beliefs that are keeping you from asking for more money. And that mindset work is not overnight. That's That can take months. It can take a while. And that's why I tell you to really focus on a strong mindset foundation before they even go into what do I say? Because a lot of times is you can have the perfect script. You can like use chat GBT to make you a perfect salary negotiation script. But when you're doing it in person, if you don't believe what you're saying, neither will your employer. And the vibes like that comes off. And so that's why it's so important to really work on the belief system around money. So that's what I would say is to really focus on maybe your money story, your money narrative, because unlearning that is going to help you capitalize on negotiating more money at work or like even feeling more comfortable and not feeling like you're being greedy because you're asking for more. So beautiful. I love that. Busy Mujer, if you are ready to embrace well-building as a first-gen professional through stock market investing or online business, I would love to support you with that through my private coaching. It is the most intimate way for us to work together. You will be fully supported with weekly calls, worksheets, and everything you need to create the money systems the mindset, and of course, the vision that you need to create a legacy. This is what past clients have said about working with me. One of my clients said, best investment ever. You exceeded my expectations from the first call and until the end. Another client said, before working with Lucy, I was paralyzed in making decisions about my finances. After working with Lucy, I have learned that money can be simple and fun. Another client that I help with private business coaching said, Lucy is a badass Latina who helps you with limiting beliefs, money mindset, operating a business, and of course, learn about stock market investing. So if you are ready to work with a coach who understand what it's like to want more, I would like to invite you to apply to work with me using the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the show. During this conversation, you mentioned research. Is that something that we should consider doing? And if so, like, how does that look like? And how often should we be doing research? Because I know that the narrative for women of color in a lot of industries, I'm going to touch on the non-for-profit in particular, is very common for people to say, we don't have more money to pay you, right? Like you're doing a service to our community. So just hang in there. And I'm saying this because that was the narrative that I was told. I wasn't in a non-for-profit, but I was constantly told that the company couldn't afford paying me more. So 
when do we start this research and how does that look like for someone that has zero experience with that? Yeah, I love this. I think people should be researching this all the time. So not just when you are looking for a new job or looking to negotiate in your current role. Like I literally keep notifications on LinkedIn for like my job or for my job title in the industry because I always want to constantly know what is the market value for the role I'm doing. I want to make sure if with inflation and with any everything, I want to make sure that I have a competitive salary. And if there's a disconnect, I'm definitely going to bring that up to my lawyer because I know that I'm valuable and I know that it's a two-way street for negotiations. And it's not just, are they happy with my work? Am I happy with what they're providing? If you've ever done salary research, there's a couple great websites that I would recommend like salary.com, glassdoor.com, Indeed. And I want you to remember these are just ranges and they're all backdated, right? So like some of them are collection of data or salaries from two years ago, three years ago, one year ago. It's important to remember that like the value of money is less, right? As we go on with inflation, a good ballpark, but don't take them as this is the only range. Another thing when you're doing research for salary and compensation, always consider your cost of living, where you're living, what your expenses are. You really want to make sure that you're not just choosing a number because maybe for one person, 100K is like enough for them to pay the bills. And for someone else, like living in a higher cost of living area, 100K doesn't even cover the basics. So it's very important to understand what your expenses, what is your budget, what's the cost of living in your area. All of that really needs to come into play when you're doing this research. So that's like kind of what I would say is like the first place to go. And yeah. Thank you for that. I love that you touch on so many things that I'm very passionate about, such as inflation, the what really inflation is doing to our wallet, like how inflation really affects what we keep. And you also touch on cost of living and you talk about budgeting. I don't call it budgeting. I call it financial Roma, but those are the things I love it. that really are going to help people understand the importance of advocating for their worth. And so I just, I was just drooling when you were saying that I was like, it's so interesting how personal finance and salary negotiation is so intertwined in order for people to ask for their worth. So if someone says, okay, I understand what cost of living is, but is, are there any tools that you recommend or that you use to help people with really honing into a full understanding on how to maybe do the research for the cost of living in particular? Yeah, I really like websites like Art Asset or I think it's Numbero. It's a really great tool where you can compare like the average cost of living, the median rent or housing cost with like groceries and taxes and everything. And it compares it by city and state. And so especially if you're looking to move into a new place, it's a great way to see, okay, like how much do I need to make in order to sustain my cost of living? Because sometimes if I were to move to, I'm currently in like the Seattle area. So it's a higher cost of living area. If I were to move to Texas, I would certain parts of Texas, like I wouldn't have to make as much to like keep that after your net dollars after everything. Whereas if I were to move to New York, I would need to make more money to be able to afford to live in like New York City. So that's why it's really important to do this research, especially when there is relocation involved. I love that. And I think that it's so important that we are always making the time because I feel like we also don't have a good relationship with time that we make that time to sit down and look at the possibilities of, okay, if this employer is going to offer me a better salary than what I currently have, what are the things that I'm going to have to give, essentially give up? But also you mentioned relocation, right? Just because somebody is telling you like, oh, you can make 200,000, move to New York, but then almost half of that is going to go to your living expenses. That's going to feel horrible. So, okay, I just want you to take notes, make sure that you are doing the work too, because 
because we are here to help you on your journey. So let me ask you another question because I know you're passionate about the Latina wage gap and so am I, but I want you to share with everyone what is the Latina wage gap and how is that affecting our salary and how is that affecting our overall financial well-being? I love this question and I'm so passionate about it. And so the pay gap affects different groups of women differently. And Latinas happen to be the most impacted group when it comes to salary, when it comes to the pay gap. So I think currently Latinas are making, I want to say like 54 cents to the white man's dollar. And what that means is that like literally you have to work twice, like two times longer in order to like make what a white man made in one year. That's what like Latina equal payday means or all the different equal paydays. What they mean is how far into the next year do women have to work in order to make the same amount of money that a white man made. For example, equal payday, which is for all women, is I believe in March, right? So that means that you have to work, women on average have to work three extra months to make what a white man made in the year prior. Now, Latina equal payday has been falling at the end of the year around October and last year was in December. What does that mean? It means that Latinas have to work 10 to 11 months into the next year to make what a white man made the year prior. Now that is devastating. That is like truly, this is why I do this work. It's something that I'm very passionate about. And I remember doing some research and one of the studies I found that Latinas who do not negotiate lose up to $1.2 million over the course of their careers. And Lucy, I know you talk a lot about investing and and like wealth and like $1.2 million is so much money. That's money that can be put into like investing in ourselves, investing in coaching, investing in therapy, or investing in like the stock market in real estate. That's so much money that we are, could be missing out on. And this is like why I do this work. I'm not going to let us miss out on this. Like, so we have so much to offer. We have, we are the hardest working sometimes. But it's, I'm not going to let my amigas miss out on the potential for them to break generational curses because money is a resource. And it can, I know that you're all about wealth and there's so many different facets of wealth. So this is just something I'm so passionate about. Yeah. And that's why you're here, by the way, because I know you're <laughs> passionate and we're very intentional with who we bring to the podcast. We get so many requests from people to just want to be here. And I'm like, actually, I appreciate you, but this space is only for the cool kids, right? <laughs> uh, because I want to be in people like you that have a story to share and that are truly passionate about serving and helping our community through the knowledge that you have, right? For you, a salary negotiation. You talk about mindset work as well. So it's for me, it's also important that the listeners know that I don't just bring anybody just because maybe they have more followers or any of that. I don't follow any of those trends because for me is I want us to truly build generational wealth. And that means so many things for some people is starting with self-care, investing in therapy. For some people is, okay, I've already invested in therapy and coaching. I'm ready to start investing in the stock market. And that's the beauty of how we are building wealth. We're not copycats. We're not just going with what everyone else is doing. Our story is so unique and we have to follow that journey. And for some people, like you said, it will take very short time. For some people, it takes months, even years for some of us, right? But as long as we keep moving, as long as we keep really wanting to break those cycles, it's going to happen for us. We just have to keep going. So you talk about the research and I'm just curious because I'm such a big chismosa. I wonder, do men do all of this work that we're doing? The cost of living analysis, the salary ranges. Do you think men are doing that? I don't have any statistics or research to like care about that. But I do. I did find one thing because I was like, I need to talk about this. And it's like, 
the fact that women are less likely to apply to jobs unless they are 100% qualified for the job, whereas men confidently apply to jobs that they are unqualified for, many times like below 60%. So like it is a different, it is different. And a lot of this is like, whenever I look up research or look up articles, I don't like the language that's being used because many times it's like women have a confidence issue when it comes to a pay gap. And I want to say that like the problem isn't that women, the problem isn't that women don't have confidence. Really, literally, we live in a society where women are shamed and undervalued. So constantly being undermined and dealing with microaggressions is what causes us to internalize like those experiences. So it's not that we don't have confidence. It's that we live in a society that that operates in this like systemic racist and sexist society. So it's like those things are impacting us. And men, white men especially, do not deal with that. They don't deal with racism or sexism in the same way that a lot of women and women of color deal with. So it is different. I don't have the exact statistics, but that itself is huge. And I think people dismiss it. And I don't like the way that like articles talk about women because it's like literally highlighting almost like the byproduct of systemic racism and sexism instead of being like, oh, we've turned down women and now their confidence is shot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I 100% know exactly what you mean. And I knew you were going to have a great answer for me, by the way. This is why I asked you like I I wasn't like, oh my gosh, she's not going to know what to say. I knew exactly that you were going to touch on that because I've seen you and I follow you and I know that you're very passionate about that. So we are going to, after this podcast, I know there's some mujeres that are going to be interested in learning more about you. So where can people find you? Yeah, of course. You can always follow me on Instagram at La Mala Mujer blog. I also have a blog called La Mala Mujer. I feel free to join my newsletter because I'm always sharing tips and tricks and stories just to help people feel inspired. And I know sometimes that negotiating your salary is really scary or especially when we haven't done it before. So sometimes just hearing those stories and how like what you've already done is like setting you up to do this. I don't know. I just love to inspire people. So before I let you go, everyone that comes to the podcast gets asked this question and I want to know what is your definition of wealth? Such a good question. I think my definition of wealth is the freedom to do what I enjoy. It's so hard for me sometimes to, it's easy as like someone who's very logical and like good at math to get caught up in like the numbers of building wealth, like investing and what's in my bank account. But I'm really trying to push myself to think outside of the actual number and more about like, how do I create like quality in my life? Like, how do I make sure that every day I'm living my dream life? And for me, it's like having the freedom to continue to do the things I love. And so that is what my definition of wealth is. I love it. Because yes, it's not all about the numbers. We can have thousands and thousands or millions of dollars in a bank account. But if we're not enjoying life right now, if we're not feeling worthy of it, if we're not just really embodying what wealth is, because wealth is not just the money. Wealth is a a sense of being. So I just want to thank you for touching on that because it was so beautiful listening to you say that. So thank you so much for coming to the podcast. It has been a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. If you are looking for additional resources to help you start your wealth building journey or online business, make sure you check out our blog at sayholawealth.blog. Until next time, stay safe, stay strong, and stay inspired.
On the Say Hola Well podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general informational purposes only, and it does not constitute legal accounting tax or other legal advice. Listeners should not act upon the content information without seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professionals. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liabilities with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liabilities for errors, inaccuracy, omission, misleading, or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.